Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, for joining by Rachel Shackleton. All right. And Joel Skill. All right. All right. We're all doing well. Um, so, yeah, I just thought we'd have a bit old natter about Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Um, I'm going to open this with an overall sort of conversation about where the hype is at and where we're all at on Cyberpunk. And then there's an article that's come out quite recently doing the rounds on the old N4G news website mm-hmm. um, by Game Pressure, where they've sort of broken down the reality of playing Cyberpunk and saying whether it lives up to the sort of hyped up version that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's just sort of open up by saying, where are we on Cyberpunk? Are we riding the the hype train right now. It's impossible not to be caught up Mm. with excitement for this game because I feel like it's ticking so many boxes for so many people and the fact that it's got such an incredible lineage of developer Mm -hmm. behind it, it's, you know... And it's got Keanu Reeves. I mean, come on, come on. We didn't on. even need it to have anything additional. Then Keanu Reeves just strutted out on a cloud of yeah. smoke and he's brilliant. Yeah. So, so use the expression of when people win E3. It definitely <laughs> was one of the moments that had us. Especially I left when off we, my couch. When we were watching it live, didn't we? We, we did, did watch we did, it live. Yeah, yeah. We did the reaction for it and it was just unbelievable. It was a double take moment of like, is that actually Keanu? Oh my yeah. God, it's actually Keanu Reeves. And Keanu himself has said that it was really hard to keep it as a secret because he's been in, he's obviously in John Wick. He's kind of used to yeah. the embargo stuff, but he was like, oh my God, I'm in the new cyberpunk. And then eventually now we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's not like they even needed any more big gets, but now they have that. Mm. Um, Rach, what do you think overall? Oh, I'm very hyped. Like, like Jill's mentioned there, it's ticking a lot of boxes for me. It's mm. well and truly ticking my tickle i don't know where i'm going taking all your boxes it's mate. tickling everything um no i'm like so up for it i've been looking for like a, just a massive rpg for a while now that i can just like dive into and just become one with the rpg and i'm nice. like i really think that cyberpunk is gonna be that uh-huh. saying that though i am very very wary of overhype because uh-huh. overhype kills a lot of things for me i was was excited for red dead 2 bought it and i haven't played it just just really? for example well mike's been playing it but like i'm just like not interested i just i just i don't overhype is, is, is the is the journey more interesting than the destination sometimes in Maybe, maybe. I get a lot of second-hand hype. I used, to, mm, right. I used to get this, obviously, working in a game store where, like, uh, obviously, we had to be hyped. We had to sell the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it would, I would get really caught up in it, like Fallout 4, for example, a game series that I'd never played before. And everyone was so excited. We did the midnight launch. Everyone was mm. all dressed up. It was really cool. And then I thought, oh, heck, yes. Like, I'm buying this game, <laughs> mm. even though I knew I wouldn't like it. And I didn't like it. I don't right. know why. But, like, yeah, hype 
is a weird thing. It's crowd mentality. And like, I think maybe ever since then, I'm kind of, I tend to go it's against... It's better to have more relaxed expectations. The crowd, like, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. See, I'd say that my expectations for this game in particular are counted against uh, the losses that other competitors have made in the time being. Uh, I'm going to use Anthem. We love talking about <laughs> Anthem recently. And also, to some extent, Fallout 76, mm. because of the fact that those were futuristic, sort of nigh-on-apocalyptic um, versions of video games that offered branching this and mm. like storyline that so and, yeah, they didn't, yeah, and they didn't manage to deliver whereas then CG Project Red came along and was just kind of like listen you know what we're like you, you may have heard of our little title called <laughs> The Witcher I know it, it, it's a TV show that's coming for them. you know what I mean like, like jokingly and uh-huh. It delivered on so many fronts that I have a brand loyalty and a trust that is implicit with CD Projekt mm-hmm. Red. I think that's the thing like with The Witcher 3. Like, it's weird when you... Because I, I also have that too. Like, mm. I adore The Witcher 3. It's one of my favorite games like of all time and of the generation. But when you think back on... I mean, I like The Witcher 2, but you think about where those games were before The Witcher 3. Yep. They very much weren't on the radar anywhere near as much as they are now. And so it's like everyone kind of fell in love with CDPR because of what they offered that year. And it's like, how much is that then coasting by into... Uh, Cyberpunk. I was also I was worried like that was something that uh, crossed my mind the other day. I played Witcher 2. Right. And I Same. didn't actually really like it that much just mm-hmm. because the combat felt very floaty. I didn't like the idea of having to mix all the potions before battle and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I found that it's it felt really alienating because I A hadn't read the books and B hadn't played the first game and I know it, it, you shouldn't jump into a um, a, sec- a second game without I guarantee 99% of people jumped into The Witcher 3. But then yeah. I but then that's what The Witcher 3 did for me. It felt like it was a friendly but also very deep story and yeah. I didn't have to know everything to get the most out of it because mm-hmm. the gameplay was so good and I feel like that's what they nailed. So mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that if they can transfer that over to, to um, Cyberpunk, they're on for a winner. But how weird is that that like they went from two like two games where they were very much on a particular trajectory mm. where they finally nailed third person action in The Witcher 3 and then they went actually we're not doing that again we're going to do a first person quit um, while you're ahead kind of yeah. all new. those lessons learned they can't really port them across as I'll get to in the gameplay stuff like there are some specific yes. things carrying across yeah. but for me the thing that worried me when they announced it was first person was that because I was like oh it's going to Cyberpunk's going to be going to play like The Witcher 3 but it's yep. going to be in a Cyberpunk city I'm actually not. really glad I did love my short stint on The Witcher 3 we were talking about this earlier I will go back and play it I will <laughs> Well, I will. Yeah, yeah. You won't, you'll play Dark Souls. Five or six hours or something. Maybe I will just play Dark Souls. One <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy it. Like the, I think, I mean, Geralt, I fancy the pants off. He's gorgeous. <laughs> but I think there is just something amazing about having a first-person RPG where you are the character. Yeah. Mm. And that's. I think they wanted to try that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that is, in my opinion, that was a logical thing for them to try. Oh, yeah, they've totally said, like, um, and it makes you more immersive. And they said, like, yeah. with the city being so vertical, like, they can nail that better in first person. And there's character customization. Well, yeah, so. well, that, you won't that, see yeah that, that's that's something that uh, I would say is potentially a bit of a negative is that the first person mode does affect the customization. But mm-hmm. then again, in Dark Souls, it's another good example. You customize well, the hell out of it, but you never see your person. Yeah, because really. you're like a beef jerky most of the yeah, time. Yeah. But like uh, in something like, for example, Skyrim, mm-hmm. uh, two hours on the character creator, and then you play it in first person. Yeah, at least in those you can toggle but, um, it. Though. Yes, that's you true. Really yeah. At least you can toggle it. Mm-hmm. I mean, something like in Cyberpunk, they uh, showed like at uh, E3, they showed the guy riding the bike yes and um, so it's like you can you can see Aww. your character if you really yeah. want to um but it's not as like easy kind of thing <laughs> I, I mean so this is the thing 
that mm. what cyberpunk offers us as gamers is something that is really really interesting because it's uh you know your futuristic cities uh, you've got your deus ex sort of like is um uh, robotics and androids and cyborgs mm-hmm. are they removing humanity i'm sure that's going to be a story oh, transhumanism is a massive yeah. thing then we've yeah, got yeah. like the, um, then you've got the wasteland of like depleting resources and crime laws that are coming up so you've got your blade runner references you've got like tons and tons of things. It, it captures this brilliant bit of sci-fi that not many games have really tried to explore mm-hmm. Ton- there are tons of sci-fi games out there yeah. mm-hmm. but they fall much more under the sort of space opera style thing like your <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic or your Mass Effects mm-hmm. they definitely fall into that yeah. this is not clean this mm-hmm. is a dirty like yeah like, scummy field super it. like gritty like look what this guy ga- a bunch of this entire gang have done where they've like modded their entire yeah. cranium so they have cameras in their heads instead of eyes like i love that sort yes. of stuff and that's what drew yes. me to the uh, the book in the first place um i guess speaking of cd uh, project red though like in terms of how they've handled the hype and stuff mm-hmm. they made a big point of saying like we're not going to show it off until it's definitely ready mm-hmm. because one of the biggest problems with the witcher 3 in terms of its perception was the the downgrade quote unquote which like they then came out and said well look it's not a downgrade in as much as you know they obviously that's the extra change but they said as we got through development and we optimized the project these were the best graphics we could possibly do yep. based on the size the game became therefore it's yeah. an optimization it's not a downgrade yeah the witcher is like 90 gigabytes or something isn't it's it? still huge yeah, yeah yeah and it's like and it still looks gorgeous <laughs> but obviously if you go back to the original debut it doesn't look like it used to yeah mm-hmm. so i see what they meant but obviously they had to sort of navigate that so going forward with cyberpunk they were like we're not going to show anything until it's absolutely completely mm-hmm. how it's going to be when you buy it um but then they showed people behind closed doors at e3 i think it was last year and maybe the year before and um, and a whole bunch of game journals got to see it we didn't see it but whatever but then <laughs> yeah. that then exploded so they were like oh god we're sorry like obviously it's out there people are telling the public about it so then they put out that Twitch stream they knew they knew what they were doing it was, so? a, yeah, it was an orchestrated thing you don't invite the press to go and that's have a look I mean, at your game yeah. unless you don't want it to leak like. I just I wonder because like that's what I was going to say is do we think they've handled it uh, intelligently so far it's not even out until next year but like the way that the hype is sort of ballooning usually with hype it balloons so much and then it pops do you think that Hopefully there. What is it? It's mm. April. It's out, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, yeah. Um, it's still a while away. We have yeah. a lot of more. We have way more preview things to put out. I there. think the thing is what I was saying earlier about overhype. That tends to happen if you have it announced. If you have too much out about mm. it too yes. soon, if mm-hmm. you get me, yeah. because we've got so long to wait, people will either forget about it or expect to see more and more. Mm-hmm. But until like we've seen so much of the game that it's like, oh well, I guess it's out soon. Because I'm hoping they do like they uh, they look like they put lots of messages in their trailers saying like you know like this is very much the the alpha stage or whatever stage yeah. it's nothing final and they've said like oh the real gameplay is coming later this year so like, that was what uh, Martin Nowinski was saying at E3 but then you should always worry then because if mm. you're saying that this is alpha gameplay then you should never but take that gameplay. as yeah you should never take that as the finished result they always state that this is not indicative of the final mm-hmm. product and how yeah. many games have we heard of we've heard tales of like games in their like 90th minute like <laughs> turning around and changing it like Borderlands mm-hmm. is a perfect example of that that used to have an art style that was brown and not cell shaded and then one day they were like oh, yeah, now let's totally. just re-scrap the entire project and do that who's to say that CG, CD Projekt Red won't do the same sort of thing and be like ah eh, we showed the journalists what we wanted to show them mm. maybe we're going to change it completely well that's pretty much the angle of the game pressure piece which I'll get to in a sec but I think in terms of of, of that like that's mm. why I kind of think of that that twitch thing that they put out was very much them doing damage control mm. because uh, I mean I obviously we didn't go to E3 so it's like when you're reading like secondhand thirdhand reports of a game that you really love at yeah. some point you do just want to see it like you can only read so many pieces telling you that yes. it's like the next greatest thing yes. or whatever yeah. and then I like I mean I'm going down the honesty route hopefully they did just go oh god we'll give them something yeah. and they just showed the, the it, stream they showed 45 minutes of gameplay am I yeah. the only one that thought that that was like super duper surprising it's a bit well, it's, it yeah. almost like overconfidence yeah. at that point 
isn't yeah, it? Or I wouldn't say it was maybe, confident. Ooh, I view it arrogance? as the opposite. I view yeah. it as them breaking under the pressure and being like, well, we want to give you something. No, but 45 minutes is, is it goes beyond that. If it was a, if it was a 10 minute vertical slice demo, yep. mm. then I would have been like, oh, you know, that's possibly damage control. And it's basically just showing us that mm-hmm. 45 minutes. That's a lot of time to, well, it was, to go wrong. It, think about how many presentations we've seen where something has gone wrong true. within a five minute I think window. it was a video. They weren't actually playing it's, it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. totally. But it was as a chunk of uh, the game that they showed, it was apparently what they did show behind closed doors initially. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, or at the Gamescom the previous year or whatever. It was just, it was a, it was meant to be enough to satiate the, the hungry fans that were saying yeah. like, oh my God, you keep talking about this being a playable thing, but we're never seeing it, but you're showing these other people. Well, it worked. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that was fine, it kind of worked. Um, but that's the thing, like you sort of take all those things together and it's like, do we actually know what Cyberpunk is right now? Or are we, do we have this like fed version of it? Uh, because that seems to be the, the, the back and forth. Like I think based on what's out there, I, I have a pretty good idea of what it is. Like, do you guys think that what you kind of- What do you want it to be? Well, I, <laughs> that's the thing. I kind of want it to, the, the nearest comparison it gets is Deus Ex in an open yes, world, yeah. um, which I do want. The thing that threw me completely for a loop was the lack of third-person combat. Yeah. So um, for me, what I want it to be is just the most sprawling open world RPG possible. I don't need mm, combat focus I, necessarily. I, I don't want that. What I, do you want? I want large levels, not open worlds. That's I, not I, what it is. I know that's not what it is, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's what I want from my cyberpunk. I want them to, uh, to at least build it in a way that makes every area of their game world feel relevant because so many so many places have done this open world thing and they've just made them big without anything to do mm-hmm. and that worries me slightly because it's a case of how do you have these really memorable things like you talking about the um the people who have the cameras in their eyes and uh-huh. stuff like that like how do you have that carried across 90 hours you need to have memorable moments everywhere well I think the way that they seem to have designed the open world is like it's called Night City and you have I think it's five different boroughs mm. um, and it's like assumedly different gang well different gangs will only live in those different boroughs so mm. like whether you like you know seed those different gangs with different events that only happen every few in-game days or something I guess that's how you'd make it work do you think they're going to do like radiant questing style thing like from like Skyrim Maybe. And stuff like that, to make it feel like there's a lived in atmosphere I would assume so I mean that's actually we might as well segue into the um, article as well because sure. that's what this is this guy um, working for uh, Game Pressure did this whole big write-up about like I finally got to play Cyberpunk uh-huh. here's the reality of what it's like playing Cyberpunk um, and one of the things to address is the crime stuff um, or is the, the way that the NPCs work and everything because one of the earliest reports for the game was that oh it's, it just feels like you're living in this world there's so many animations it just feels like you're looking down a bustling mm. city street um, and he was saying that like while that is mostly true um, he got a feeling that they were already starting to repeat that there was like it was it was more like it was one of the criticisms mm. levied at Red Dead 2 how long it, was he playing? Uh, it doesn't say uh. So I'm assuming like, well, I'm assuming I could have a good enough chunk of time. Um, But that was the thing, one of the things that came out against Red Dead 2 was that like, it can feel like a stage performance. Like, Every, the first time you roll into uh, Rhodes at the start of Road yeah. Red Dead 2, all of us would get the exact same animation as what's happening in that town at that time. And I can forgive that in terms of, you know, there's this nice industrious town and mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. building this house as you walk through. Yeah. But then, but I don't know, why do you guys draw the line on that stuff? Well, uh, for me, Spider-Man is my port of call mm. for that one. I was quite late to the game playing Spider-Man and I absolutely bloody loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I um, was got to about oh, maybe, let's say, 80% through the main story and I'd done all of the side quests. So mm. all I had to do was finish that. And then I bought the DLC. Ooh. And when I bought the DLC afterwards, I was like, ooh, I'm now suddenly aware of how repetitious some of the side right. missions are. I'm suddenly aware of how everything starts to feel very samey. And as I was doing that, I was getting diminishing returns the more I was playing through right. the, um, the DLC. I felt that in the because main story. It, because it was just the core story repeated. Mm-hmm. And I hope that doesn't affect Cyberpunk because the only 
way you can stop that from happening is to unfortunately put tons and tons of extra bits in and raiding mm. questing and like changing all the bits and bobs. Mm -hmm. and well, that takes so much time and effort. I mm -hmm. think that, I honestly think that is what they are concentrating mm -hmm. on. It mm -hmm. seems like they have uh, gameplay, they have visuals, they mm. have everything pretty much set in now. I think what they are doing now over the next year is going to be these little things that they know people are going to be looking for. I was going to yeah. say, let, let's talk about like animation stuff because like how much animation variety do you expect to see in an open world game? Or can they get like something um, like Skyrim? It's not like there's a focus on lots of individual animations. But I remember when Watch Dogs 2 got shown off, <laughs> there were a couple of NPCs playing basketball together mm. and, uh, and one of them was doing like hacky sack or something. And I was like, oh, that's like a, you know, I've not seen that much NPC animation. But, you know, but you know how Skyrim got around that? Mm. They didn't have to animate tons and tons of like special things going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, man, playing with his dog or whatever they <laughs> just had to have the dialogue the dialogue and the little conversations you pick up that's what makes the thing feel unique like I can walk to White Run and back and not have the same experience because I will encounter things on my way there mm -hmm. and the, the people will be doing different things at different times well, of that's, day I'm totally that, fine with that, that, that that's, yeah. that's what they'd have to do to make Cyberpunk feel like also, it was constantly where do you come down that initially Rachel before I go a bit further in terms of like NPC animations mm. and stuff uh, for me that is what makes a world feel lived in mm -hmm. um, is unique sort of interactions and stuff like that and animations you mean just like seeing people idle and just doing yeah like thing. how much yeah. do you like lose the immersion yeah. if you see them repeating something like because uh, witches little towns will repeat animations and dialogue if mm. you keep riding through them i feel like i'm never really truly like 100 percent immersed in a game mm. so like if i see that i'm not like nothing really bothers me i'll just right. be like oh well it's a game you know these guys are human mm -hmm. that made well, this like, like i can have that where I i'm like you know you can't expect it's, an infinite yeah. amount of stuff it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> and like it depends on what game you're playing doesn't Maybe. it because if you're playing Watch Dogs 2 for example and it tells you this is a living city you expect a living city because that's what they they hyped it up mm -hmm. as but if we're playing say um, Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask we know that they're going to be sat there at the store yeah, they're not going to be doing anything that last is going to be chasing that dog all yeah. day yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, that, but that's fine because you accept it because it was never made into a thing of but then like, it's like, what yeah. it is how much is that a case of the times and like obviously retrospect versus what like and it's not necessarily CDPR PR saying this yeah. is the next level of city tech oh, but that it, is the way it's been written I yeah. mean that's sort of what I'm expecting I am personally expecting the biggest most impressive RPG we've seen ever. And maybe that's, <laughs> and that's this the is hype why, again, isn't it? This yeah. is why I'm trying not to have too a lofty expectations mm -hmm. because I just know I'll be let down, but then I'll be too like probably rose-eyed glasses to be let down. But no, like I am I am expecting that and well, I that's really the thing. that's so, what we get. Yeah, one of the things that the guy pointed out about the NPCs, he said walking through the city has no interaction with the NPCs. He said if you move into people, you just shuffle them out the way and uh, they move V as if they're a cube of physics walking further in their own mm. direction. So like that's that's another thing. For me, that doesn't bother me because that's what you do in Elder Scrolls. Um, I don't need to so I don't need CDPR to put like infinite yeah. budget into NPC animation. I'm not animation. interested in random NPCs. Mm. Like, I mean, there was a cool thing in Spider-Man. Obviously, you could like finger gun people. Yeah, and they, yeah. They, I like that. Like, oh, they go, oh, it's Spider-Man. Yeah, like, and that was quite cool. That felt kind of lived in. But then there's um, there's like Red Dead, for example, where if you look at someone the wrong way, they start yeah. like <laughs> kicking yeah. off with you. Which makes more sense um, in that context. But that actually got annoying because it mm. was like, oh, just let me be. Right. Um, well, from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, oh, maybe a happy medium. I maybe mean, like certain quests. That thing that you said, though, about Zelda, it's like you can you have that bit of you where you're like, you're aware that it's a game. You're aware that it's coding and scripting and AI routines and everything else. And like, I don't know if that's just the way that we sometimes play it, mm. where like if something goes askew, like, you know, something goes wrong and something repeats, I don't take it as a negative unless it does it all the time. You're just like, well, yeah. it's a game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone made this game. And yeah, and I wonder how much oh. they're like, I, mean, I don't think CDPR, like I said, are putting that message out, but how much do you think the hype has become, this is the next okay. level, this well, is a living city? easy way to put it into perspective is just to go like okay if we were playing our game and I was the NPC and you mm -hmm. walked up to me and you pressed the button it was like hey 
hi, hey, <laughs> hey, what up? Hey, hi, hey. Like, the, the, you know, like that, yeah. that gets annoying after a while. Funny. For it a doesn't, short... I think I'd probably go for a quite a good time. <laughs> but, for but half an hour. But hey. let's, let's not test that. <laughs> but it's but I do feel like if you're going to try and make this sort of like, uh, like say, narratively focused world, then maybe you should have some hustle and bustle that's actually happening. Like, Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And I actually watched, or I know I read an article that was on the making of Skyrim because I, I was genuinely so impressed with how much Bethesda and their like their company had oh, put yeah. into that game. And I, lo- I know a lot of people give them a lot of flack for um, recent choices with, yeah. with Fallout and stuff like that, but still, Skyrim was eight years ago. It was an epic undertaking to get <sighs> that amount of people to like get together and yeah. do all of it. So I was. Uh, just blown away mm-hmm. with how with how much sort of like scripting and choices that they had to do. I'm not saying that CD Projekt Red has to do that. Well, that would be but my it would thing. Be, it'd be nice. My thing would be that I'm more than fine with another open world like that. I mm. think that one of the things with the hype is that this it is like a lot of people have said coming out of that initially um, behind closed doors demo. This is the next the next open world RPG, the next like mm-hmm. step up or whatever. Um, and that guy who's writing this thing up on Game Pressure very much says that visually. Yes, you see a whole bunch of different animations and everything, but the way that it was handled in The Witcher was repetitive and mm. when he started walking through crowds um, they sort of just like bump out the way kind of thing yeah. um, so it is hey, very much alpha, like alpha 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 yeah for now totally they have another year but it's like a full on crowd inter- full on crowd interaction and crowd animations is a pretty hefty thing to put in in the last year especially when I think they've already said that at this stage they're very much in the final stretch to perfect everything yeah you would assume yeah um, if it was you know something more in depth be, would have been implemented by but now. I tell you what there is a game out there that has managed to make crowds feel at once both realistic and also 
they don't interact with you at all, and that's uh, the Shovel Hitman Knight? franchise. Shovel Knight? Shovel Knight? Is it? Not, not Shovel Knight what? at all. Shovel, stop. Have you been to the village in Shovel Knight? I'm just saying Hitman. <laughs> you can talk to anyone. Hitman's crowds are probably the best crowds in gaming for talk me personally fans. because yeah. of the fact that you've got tons and tons of like people who are just milling about doing mm -hmm. their day to day, and you can just sit there and watch them, but they have no impact. You can also you steal any of their clothes. Like exactly. they imagine making yeah. all one big gameplay element. So I guess what you need to do to make a crowd a an interesting but not essential thing is to just make them interactable. Yeah. But, but only on a base level. But I'm not talking about just having to talk to them. Just make sure that you can kill them and rob them. Like. Well, okay. So this is this is a good nexus because mm. um, the dude mentions at the beginning of this that one of the for him, one of the biggest examples to compare it to was GTA five. Yeah. Right. Which I openly just completely disagree with. But whatever. Um, he was just saying, you know, it's an open world urban op it's an urban open world game with vehicles. Mm. Therefore mm. the he, he <laughs> states like the question must be asked, you know, comparing it to GTA five. Mm. Um, and when he's talking about NPCs, he says you can't commit any random crimes and like you can't you can't just go on a killing spree killing everybody um, which I was never going to do because that anyway because that would heck up the story so why, yeah, why yeah, are they going to yeah. let you do that but you brought that up by yourself so what it's, makes you want to do that uh, and I, why I think that the the main point of role playing Jill's. no no no, no, no. I, I think that the main point of role playing any game is that you should be able to uh, experience any sort of like choice, choice. yeah it comes down to that and mm. if the game is telling me that my choices affect my game then you shouldn't be like well you can't do that bud <laughs> but you can can make a choice about what color tic tacs you want out of this. Like, right. I, you know, that, that to yeah, me is not saying. If I want to play some heavily augmented person who's lost his personality, effectively like Dr. Manhattan, right. but a self made one, and he's losing in control and he's walking through the streets, and some guy eyeballs him and he's a bit self conscious about having this sort of metal plate in a gold tit or something like that, and he looks at him and he's like, and he goes, like, I'm going to beat you up. It's very much in rhythm that I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, I'm going to beat you up. He's had a voice box uh, installed from the latest he is a hero box. games. Yeah, he's, a, he's a transformer. He turns into a boombox. Right, he built my character, right? He's now. the okay. Brock Lesnar with right. the boombox meme. Exactly. Good. And he's got two big speakers for chest Good. plates. Yep. And then he walks up and he batters somebody. That's what he wants to do. Well, he's not going to do that in this game. Then you can totally do the yeah. first half of that conversation. You can get completely augmented. You can become a big walking fridge with a face. But, but you, you have can't, to be... According to this dude, you can't uh, go, off, go running off doing crimes. All I'll say is action is better than intent sometimes. The, I think in, this is a big wider philosophical sometimes. quandary for a different sometimes. time intent is all that matters but I will say that um, in that regard why do we always jump to crime and violence being the way to interact with an because open world because gaming at the end of the day is escapism and mm. we can't do that stuff in real life so we gotta <laughs> we go to games everybody. to do it I can't just go up to an old lady and hit her but it does it does come down to sort of like like yes. there are no rules like and, mm. if you're, and if you're going in there and you're building a character you should be able to build them to whatever you want and sometimes it's fun to be a Machiavellian evil person yes. because there's no other way in life that you can experience it without heavy Do you not think that because we've done that in so many games do we need to do that in a cyberpunk world? Is they, it going to lose something basically if you if you don't have those elements? If you are, not well, for me but same. If, right, okay, if that's the case then it should be stated from the off that your guy or girl or whatever person mm -hmm. you're making is this character, they have a name, they have a backstory With because a set path. because because clearly or because the, clearly they're a character yeah. or that augments are locked by the state and they can't be used until you're in specific zones or something. Now, now that would actually make a lot of sense if there was just like a no murder policy and you've upgraded yourself to be mm -hmm. like, a, oh, I literally, you literally can't. can't. Do that. Then, yeah. then you know what? I'd buy that because now that's a narrative reason why I can't do it. But I think, I mean, but if it's left open ended, and my guy just goes, goes, I don't fancy killing that guy, even though he's just insulting me right. because the game says. 
as I can. I think you can do something because thinking back on the footage and knowing Cyberpunk, it's just we're recording this half past four in the afternoon. Is uh, there is a there's a thing called Trauma Team, which is the the sort of state mandated right. militaristic um, like you know hospital crew yep. that pop in and literally eliminate the threat that was causing a disturbance and then ferry you out to revive oh. you later. Um, it's just meant to be this sort of comment on you know like uh, health for the like only the wealthy can afford it. Yeah, and it's like they don't care about the commoners, so they just come in, gun everybody down. Oh, but you're the victim, right? Let's save you. I like and that's that. what that's what Trauma Team is. You would like and that. No, no, it's I'm a good gonna, idea. Don't like it as a practice. I like it as an idea. It's a good it, idea. Yeah. And um, the Trauma Team are in the game, and but they they show them in the first trailer. They they're the ones that come out of the helicopter or the the ship or whatever near the end of the first demo. Mm. Um, and ah. so they are in there. So it's like this this thing this write up seems to just talk about like you know you can't just go on like wayward killing sprees. They do mention that although there's not a wanted system, there is a, a search system, um, but you can't surrender or be arrested. So it seems like crimes are potentially doable, oh. but not in a sense that it becomes the game, like in GTA. It's not a signifiable element. So you could do something wrong, but Signature. you don't then have the option to like yeah. pay your fine or what is it? Pay, oh, yeah. pay your fine or stand, pay your dues stand, or stand your ground. You must respect <laughs> the law. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, like, that's cool. Yeah. Trying to find that balance, though. It's like, yeah, trying to cater to the player that wants to like poke and prod and see what they do can get right, away yeah, with. I think I need to revise my answer as to why... I would want to play Cyberpunk as a bad person. Right. I feel because of watching Blade Runner and a lot of dystopian um, like sci-fi films mm-hmm. that you start to understand that those films have a clear message of the value of human life is worthless at that point because <laughs> they've either augmented them beyond their reasoning or it's just become such a sprawl with such a fight for resources that the strongest survive. Capitalism yeah. taken over. And that's why yeah. I'd want to build a person that would thrive in that cutthroat world. That's great. And sometimes you'd have to be ruthless. I would want to do the complete opposite Also, of that. remember the bloody live action trailer that starts with a heist gone wrong. Yeah. Like, but I mean, it's, that's that's the thing. If you talk about like archetypal um, cyberpunk fiction or the, like, yeah, Blade mm. Runner, Blade Runner 2049, um, the original cyberpunk, that idea of like augmenting yourself that you don't even have your humanity. In the original text one, uh, text game, um, you have a humanity stat that you're, you're losing yeah. as you augment yourself and everything so oh, I like that I'm so boring I always play RPGs as like a good guy you're gonna play as a regular like, human oh you've kind of convinced me I kind of want to be an asshole do you not want a camera for your face do you not want a big old lens absolutely yeah an evil big, camera like, with some arm spikes as, as a side note would you guys if it was an option cybernetically enhance yourself yes I love life. Yeah, yeah. It's, fun, it's fantastic like, mate can I have like Jetpack boots. You can have jetpack boots. Yes. While, while, while we're on, I totally recommend looking into Ray Kurzweil. Who Wait, is it real? <laughs> transhumanism is. The idea of getting like augments and chips yeah. in your body and stuff. Um, dude called Ray Kurzweil. I, I think he's the dude. If you look at Ray Kurzweil, you'll, you'll eventually find the guy that um, put a chip in his arm and he stayed in. He was either in America or the UK yeah. and they hooked up a web feed to a cybernetic arm that was in the other country and he, and he moved the arm from the other yeah. country. Don't using like chip. that. I, I love that. Why Every day like that? we stray further from God. There's, yeah, also, there's also an amazing <laughs> He has to become uh, gods. There's an amazing cosplay person as well, and I can't remember his name, but he's in the Guinness World Book of Records because he's the first person to have a fully functioning cybernetic arm that is literally the same one that's from Deus Ex, uh, Human Revolution. Is that not the Konami one? Um, he, I don't know uh, what story. Did the Konami donated a uh, snake's red arm to oh, someone really? else who was like an amputee? Yeah. Oh, well, he's, um, oh. He's, he's got the he's got uh, one that's um, Deus Ex, and he goes to uh, conventions dressed as the main character, Adam Jensen, Adam Jensen nice. and he's got like the two little studs on the side there for his glasses to come out, and he literally has a proper working cybernetic arm. Has he got the arm blades? Uh, I don't think he's got the arm blades. I think that he'd have to register himself as a weapon. Yeah. I'd be pretty game for having big arm blades and just using it to eat pineapple and cheese. Uh, Because you could just, you know, like a giant toothpick. Pineapple Why not? Cheese. Classic step forward yeah. for technology. And Scott Telford has taken us back to the 1980s. I want to eat pineapple part. from a distance. All right, toothpick, I don't want to eat it elbows. here. Ha- right. You Go actually, on. no, no. Try and feed yourself with your elbow. 
I don't need to. If it's on an arm spike, and put it down yeah, like Barack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't give me that. Trans future. Um, so, Cyberpunk. Yes. <laughs> exactly. This is the power of Cyberpunk. The uh, next thing I've got down is the carryover from The Witcher 3. The dude mentions yeah. that the leveling system that was in The Witcher 3 is the same one that's in Cyberpunk. Um, which well, is from say, the same universe, that's why. Well, they might be based on the series. No, they are. Um, Siri. But like this thing, uh, if you don't know, it's basically it's the same as most RPGs, and the Assassin's Creed games have this too. And mm. um, where if you go to a, the wrong district and something is five, ten, whatever levels above you, one hit from that thing will just kill you, um, because Makes you sense. just don't have the right numerics for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, are you guys? Where are you guys on that style? I like of it. RPG? I also like the kind of oh god, I know I talk about it all the time. Mm. The Dark Souls, where the what you, the. the it's an R- it's an action RPG, Have right? You heard of this, mate? And it's really difficult. Shuffle, from and what? if you yeah, go the <laughs> <laughs> from hardware, is it? What? If you go the wrong way, right? You don't just get one shot. You kind of have to like gradually figure yeah. out you've gone the wrong mm-hmm. way. I love that side of things. Oh, well, see, I um, like games like that. Where but it's, oh, go on. sometimes I do like it just to be simple. Right. So yeah. <laughs> see, I, I like I can I appreciate both. For me, I prefer like because in The Witcher, if you go up against it, you'll come across some random sub boss. Like I remember I once had this massive forty minute duel with a level forty witch yeah. that I could only take like two points off every stab. But if I dodged everything, I could eventually get her down to enough health. And I thought if I eventually beat her, I'll get enough XP. I got a right down to a sliver of health and she just like threw like some like spit at me and it killed me in one hit and I went I'm never doing this again yeah. uh, see, no, but, I, I actually think I'm, I'm on your well I was going to say if you have a, an open world or, or you know a semi-open world or whatever with um, enemies like in Souls where it's like you have your set of abilities you just need to use, learn how to use them yeah. statistics yeah. play a part good but, yeah get good <laughs> but if you're good enough at like Sekiro it's like if you're good enough at dodging and sort of learning and applying yourself like yeah. in Breath of the Wild when you first come across like is it a Lycos or the dude that's on the, oh, yeah. the big lion yeah, last uh, well, if, if you're good enough you can um, just finish Breath of the Wild straight away off the gate if, True. You, if you know what you're doing yes well that's the so, thing and I, I like like you know you have a set bunch of abilities and it's just apply them to different scenarios what do you call that lion oh thing? what are they call it's like a lithos or something um, anyway <laughs> there's some big lion lads and they're very hard to fight but if you get one of them early it'll destroy you yeah. until you get Lin- used to Linoc Linoc Linos Seven people are yelling yeah. at the screen. But um, yeah, if you're very good at dodging, you can eventually take yeah. one of those down. Yes. Um, you can do it right at the beginning if you get good at it. I, I think that in this case, I think that it actually plays um, into Cyberpunk's strength to have people mm. who are literally levels higher than you because I feel like that, again, plays into the cybernetic aspect of it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like you can, you're scanning them. Their power level is over 9,000, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like. Plus, is that a way for um, any developer to try and make an open world into a level where it's like, we want you to go here and then here and then along to here and then back down again. You're not supposed to go mm-hmm. all the way to the east yet. You're mm-hmm. supposed to go through these districts. Well, that's kind of what Fallout does. Well, that's what I'm saying. Fallout, yeah. Fallout, the Breath of the Wild kind of does that too. The further you go towards the the coast, the the higher the level of uh, resistance you'll right. find going that way. But you can go like anyway, like a, apart from south, you but can it, go like east and west, and but like just mm-hmm. not to the coast. But kind of if you follow the main path of the storyline, it takes you around those areas, mm-hmm. but through specifically weakened state mm-hmm. bits. So potentially, it's a good way of leading. I the think player. It, it's obviously very effective. Mm-hmm. I do like that if there's yeah. a main storyline mm-hmm. and it takes you there like organically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I, I go back and forward on it because I like I like acquiring a good skill set. One of the things I loved about Sekiro is that you have specific moves you're waiting to acquire, like the um, the Makiri counter yeah. against the, the spear guy, and it's like you can go there. But it'll be way harder. But if you wait, you get a skill that lets you go through that area better with a specific skill that you didn't yes. have before. Because um, the new Assassin's Creed games have that too. Um, but I don't know what you guys think in terms of does that over time does that stat system it's, once you recognise it does it put you off? It sort of inhibits uh, things that I really enjoy in gaming, and that is like speed running and mm. challenge runs and mm. stuff like that. But other than that, I can't really think of a bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it gives you a. It makes you very aware of the end game. 
maybe because you it makes know me that see you the get, strings like a puppet show it makes yeah, me see what they're doing maybe more than if, I want to if you know that you've got a level cap of uh, like 99 and your skill levels have 99 level skill caps mm-hmm. maybe you start looking at things and just going like hmm okay well I see that I'm getting strong so therefore I must be at the end of the game whereas the I feel like organically thing. if you're just kind of like I'm not leveling up in that sense but I'm gaining new skills not right. new stats well I like the and challenge of like oh well I have these five core set these five core skills and I, I, I want to throw myself at this impossible boss that like seems to be really threatening and do all these different animations oh but if I use this combination of my skills I can, yeah. I can beat it all, all I like that all that really matters is that they make um, any customization applicable to any bosses that they fight because we all remember what happened with Deus Ex Human Revolution. They got another company to make those boss battles, and when they came back, you couldn't use stuff like stealth and speech. They actually had to patch it mm. back in for like the director's cut. Or there was, it was a mention like, in this as well about um, yeah that idea of like because they um, I think it was either Martin Lewinsky or someone else from CD, uh, CDPR said that you can finish the whole game without killing anyone if you want now to. That is brilliant. Well, so yeah, true. Uh, but they uh, the dude that was writing this piece up was saying <laughs> that the reality of applying that to an open world mm. um, means that he was saying that like you don't end up with so many like dense environments Deus Ex style where you yeah. approach a level and you can see like four potential ways to get in it's like oh well if I had the jumping boots I'd be up there or whatever um, he said it was more linear where it's like, he was just saying that it feels more like it's more corridor based yeah but I, I prefer level I prefer good level design over crappy mm. uh, like if if we are going up to a fort uh, the fort is the thing that I'm excited about going, not mm. how we get to the fort, because that's going to be the condensed, packed, right. level design thing that's meant to take me from start to finish of that mm. dungeon, as it were. And that's the enjoyable experience. I don't want to have a the same town become the same shootout location yeah. for every battle in that area because that would yeah. be boring I don't know how like, considering the, some of the stuff that they've shown where it's like drug deals gone wrong or like mm. you're trying to you know like exfiltrate some place after everything's gone like every, all the explosions and gunfire yeah. and whatever I don't know how you're going to reframe the context of those places like how do you enter the level differently like they tried to hint at that in the live action trailer but surely there's only ever going to be like two or three ways we just assume that, so. Uh, that well, the interaction they can go down. Maybe. Although, like, what if a lot of it is, like, emergent gameplay? Mm. Like, we have such a, a massively customizable protagonist. One of the best things about the textbook game, I mean, it's a tabletop uh, RPG thing, is that it is so customizable. Yeah. I think that's, when you were saying before, what do I, what do I want from mm-hmm. Cyberpunk? Mm-hmm. It is that element of just being completely open-ended and my version of V being completely different to both of you guys. Mm. And then we go, oh, well, I've done that mission where you rescue such and such. How did you do it? Oh, I did it this way. I, I didn't even yeah. see that. Well, like, they did you know. put a massive stress on being able to do things in like multiple different ways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I do think that is something they are prioritizing. Mm. Um, I really, really, really like the idea of trying to go through it without killing anyone especially if it is harder I've just suddenly thought of a big problem with that because if you're you're designing an action RPG Mm. and the person is saying that you can complete it without killing anyone why would you want to does that mean then that there's going to be no action set pieces that require you to kill people because say you're (laughs) optionally no but say you're say you're in a car chase and um, and they've like pulled to the side well they've already shown car chases and boss battles so the the car's like skidded up and these guys pull out guns out and do that what do you do well that's the thing are they saying that you're going to have a partner with you that's going to be able to kill them for you you just have to hide you have to run away like I mean yeah, well yeah I mean you yeah you do have a partner with you uh, I mean Keanu's in your mind but like you do work with that other dude <laughs> he's always in my mind um, too he's always in my mind yeah but uh, like yeah like you yeah most of the time you do seem to be working with someone but also yeah. assumedly depending on how they've layered the narrative in the story you would have done something in the past that would have triggered those people wanting to kill you in the first place but that's interesting because now you're ending up with a scenario where if I have to wait for my player 
AI, I don't think AI, it's going to be my, like that. My AI to kill the people because I'm choosing to play the run as a pacifist, mm. then that's not fun. What you want to do is you want to give the like speech, you want to coerce people, you want to say, like, kill this guy for me, to be and fair, then take a cut. Sort. The phrase was, can you finish the game without killing anybody? Yes. You can just stun them and knock them out. He might also be talking about that there's uh, multiple endings for the game. And he might yeah. just be like, you can complete the game, you go up to I'm there, pretty and sure somebody though. goes, oh, do you want to take this key? Nah, thanks. And <laughs> I immediately thought that it was going to be like Paragon Renegade, like that kind yeah. of difference. Mm. But like, I don't think it is going to be. Like, I don't. Know, it seems like there's way more nuance than just the the two sides. But like, like actually being like having to think all that through across like a sixty plus hour RPG. You know what? I've just thought of how they're going to get out, get around it. Go on. They're just going to do the Batman thing. Just use hand to hand combat, and they've knocked out. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can't. Yeah, I mean, one of the upgrades yeah, for the arm yeah. spikes is like an electric thing. So, uh, or just you want to murder the whole city? No, I don't. No, I don't. I want to. I want to do either or. I want to go from like complete mm. pacifist to the other place. What I'm rich. asking too much. Hey, though. Macarena. There's the choice. Mm. It all boils down to having the choice. Yeah. So. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see, just considering when we when we all start playing Cyberpunk, how much our paths diverge. Because there is obviously like a specific story, but it makes you wonder how much those specific story missions then divert. Like, yeah, yeah. if you end up with some gang that you've annoyed coming back to get you three missions in that we don't see or something. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff I hope that they've done like the most of. I mean, what we should do is uh, when we get the game, we should do the sort of like hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil thing where it's like you play as the good guy, I'll play as 100% bad guy, and Ooh. you play as your sort of mix and we won't flavor I'm going to play as me, which is a mix of both anyway. It is very much we a mix. We should do that. And, <laughs> and then um, that way we can come back and sit down and be like, so, yeah. what's the real experience? Look That'd be forward good. to the follow-up podcast in April I was going to say, in like almost one year's time. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll have way more data. So yeah, so for now, this is our general sort of thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077 and this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, Joy by Rachel Shackley. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.